All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D is all one word, CONVODD, that will give you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli, joined as always by the man who built the place. Our technical producer is Alex Allard, high above Rogers Arena. This is the Canucks Conversation, beautiful day. Look at that view, look at the blue skies, mountains. We're going to start to see more snow on those mountains, I believe, as we go here. My hair's right? a little messed up in the back. i got to get a haircut and soon, the front I'll tell you too. what. No, Me well, too. It looks great. In the I'm front. actually going for a haircut uh, and a beard trim on Thursday. I noticed today I did my Betway video this morning, mm-hmm. and I noticed that the, the hairs of my mustache are hanging over my lip pretty hard and almost like getting caught when I talk. Get, go ahead, zoom me in here, Alex. Right, at, right in there. My mustache hairs are too long. <laughs> They're, you can see them right there. Okay. Sorry for the podcast yeah. listeners. They're hanging over into my lip. So I'm not happy about that. But uh, I am happy about this. I get a chance to show off cards. You know I love this. 
Shout out Zephyr, uh, Zephyr Epic, the good folks yes, over there. promo code hockey season. Hockey capital season. H, capital S, free shipping on any order of $50. So before they sponsored the show, in uh, it would have been 2018, the fall of 2018, I decided, oh, I'd like to start getting some rookie cards. Right, I want to collect some Canucks cards, hockey cards, get back into it a little bit. I ordered two boxes back then from Zephyr Epic, like I said, before they were even sponsors of the show. Because you're the one who actually brought on Zephyr Epic, you and uh, mm-hmm. your, your good relationships with the South Surrey community. Um, <laughs> so I bought two boxes, and the two rookie cards I got, I was very happy with them. Rasmus Dalin was the first one, which is a card I, I love. It's a beautiful rookie uh, Young Guns. And then in the second box, I got Elias Pettersson, the rookie card. So... They're they're up against each other tonight. A couple of Swedes uh, and a couple. My two favorite, uh, I think my two favorite rookie cards because I pulled them out of a pack from Zephyr Epic way See, back in the day. That means a lot, and we we've pulled some good stuff from Zephyr Epic packs. We Quinn have. Hughes rookie cards. We've had a couple. It's been I got a, a while. Few it's been a while since we've done uh, done a pack open. As as we avoid talking about the Canucks, can I show you what else I got in the in the mail for my card collection? Of course. Oh baby, another base set original shiny hollow. A nine, I can't get the... Nobody can see it. Nobody can see it. It's a Ninetales. Okay. I got enough. myself a hollow Ninetales. This is a 1999. And we talked about this off air. Alex is getting so bored doing this show. <laughs> Our producer, Alex. We were thinking of what we might do is have a running thing where he plays uh, a Pokemon emulator in the background. That would be fun. And then we just like check on his progress. Like, did he beat Brock in the first uh, episode of him playing? Is he onto Misty yet? Like, where is he at? playing the original Pokemon games. Alex, can you give us an update on the Pokemon background play? Are you are you on that yet or no? No, I haven't played in a long time. So get him yeah, back. It's gonna take some it's gonna be fun to do, do that. Again, I need an emulator. You're gonna have to ship me yours favorite. Mm-hmm. We uh we will work on that, but I guess before we go any further, I gotta know. Of the three original starters, who are you picking, Alex? Uh hmm. Is it Charmander? I yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's the right pick. <laughs> I like how I put yeah. him on the spot. Yeah, you put him on the spot. This Senator's isn't in the show red. notes. Ottawa Senators red, baby. You got to go send red. <laughs> all right, yeah. mute his mic. Mute his mic, yeah, he's Chris. Done. He's done. <laughs> I can't mute Alex. He's got yeah, Alex has total control. control. Alex shuts down the show because we're too mean to him. I control the podcast for him still, so we'll get that going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, like, totally. I'm genuinely asking we're here to if do. you want to. People um, here in the chat are ready to go. First, uh... I got a little inception on the uh, on the YouTube as well. My shirt, my background, my face. Yeah, Remember? someone pointed out that when we have guests on that. the show, there's five Canucks Convo logos on the screen, and if you include our backdrops, it comes up to seven. Wow, we should try and see how many we can get in total. Well, does that count? Because yeah, you got the sticker yeah, as well on your background. We got three, four on the screen right now. Also, enough. We're like we're totally excluding the podcast listeners no, the, here. I don't think the podcast. They understand that I just showed a holographic nine tails base set card on the. <laughs> You've on the described folks. it sufficiently. People are coming in the chat too. Say Ratatat best starter. Okay, that's not a starter. Well, it is for Cody. No, that, that's just everyone. Cody. Well, we got Squirtle or but lots of people saying Squirtle in the chat. I'm a. I'm I'm a Charmander guy myself too, right? I gotta okay. You, you gotta get to the Charizard. That's true, right? I mean, think about the final evolution of all those three. I think Charizard's by far the best. Yes, Blastoise is pretty cool too, though. Blastoise is all right. Venusaur, I actually think is underrated. I think Venusaur is pretty cool. Um, and the Leaf. What's the middle one of uh, Squirtle and Blastoise? Well, War Turtle. You want me to pull it out? I got the whole War- set right here. No, it's okay. I got you, War Turtle you, ready you just to go. Hang on to that. Okay. You, uh, keep that for yourself. But yeah, it's Charmander or bust. I, everyone here is saying Squirtle or bust. I don't know about that. Okay. Are, are you done? Are we done? Well, Sterling's coming at uh, Alex. Bro, do you even Pokemon? <laughs> Apparently not. I think he's talking to Cody, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, okay. Let's get to the Vancouver Canucks. All right. We, we are here to talk about it. This is the Canucks conversation. We have about five minutes, but I think as much as we'd like it to be longer, I think that's the longest we can go uh, avoiding talking about this team in their current form. Again, not to date us too much here, but the Canucks are heading into Buffalo tonight. They're wrapping up their road trip. Is it safe to say, just based on the body language, what we're kind of hearing and seeing from players, keeping in mind there was nobody at Morning Skate today tweeting out lines. Uh, and I, I, again, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just saying, like, does anybody see a point in this at this point? You like know you what I mean? Like, Canucks I, reporters on the road going to uh, 
To Niagara Falls, I've seen a video of that. I haven't seen a picture yeah, of the lines, IMAC, but I've seen that. IMAC. What's he doing? He's over at Niagara Falls, yeah. not even at practice. I, this quickly went from, yeah, we're not trying to call anybody out to, well, IMAC was at Niagara Falls. Hey, listen, friend of the show, Ian McIntyre. <laughs> would you be doing the same thing? Like, what's, Absolutely. Would you rather go see the lines at practice? Or, yeah. you know, maybe it's part of your job. I guess you got to go do your job. But IMAC deserves a day off. That guy yeah, works hard. exactly. And he worked hard all summer. And I, I got to add here, Vasily Podkolzin, I don't expect, will be in the lineup tonight. Uh, again, I hate saying stuff about the lineups because it's just, uh, you know, don't want to date yourself too much. Hey, but good, one thing good part about stay, this show is you got a new one tomorrow to talk about. So, bang, but you one can be thing, wrong all you want. One thing that's going to stay relevant is that, you know, Nathan Rourke today. Uh, talk, well, listen, talked about how Here he's, you know, thinking about doing no NFL uh, NFL tryouts. And he's he's got a lot of NFL interests and he's not sure what his future is. This is I'm not going to talk about CFL. My point is that's dominated the sports discourse today. On a day in which Spencer Martin Spencer is Martin, the babe. expected starter for the Vancouver Canucks. This is part of a bigger conversation, Chris. This is one, a lineup thing about Spencer Martin getting the start over Thatcher Demko. This is Spencer Martin's fifth start in the past nine games. Something to think about. Something to look at that this organization, no, this organization, this team right now is starting their backup over Thatcher Demko. We've gotten to that point in the season. We said, hey, there's no goaltending controversy yet. I still don't think it's a controversy. But in normal times, this would dominate the discourse on every every sports platform in this city mm. for 10 hours. And I even opened it by saying, hey, Nathan Rourke is going to the NFL, which is, look, we're not talking about it too much because it connects conversation, but you know, Donnie and Dolly, all these other sports shows, they're all talking about that. They're not talking about this Canucks team that's starting Spencer Martin over Thatcher Demko. It's just, it's not a goalie controversy, but in normal times, oh, in times when people care about this team, to the extent that they did, let's say even at the start of the season, this is dominating the discourse for hours, hours on end. And, yeah. and it's not even being talked about. And we've talked about this a few times over the past like week or so here is like, we're just past a month through the season now, right? Yeah. If you would have told me a month into the season, uh, they the Canucks go on a five game road trip and Spencer Martin starts three of the games, I would have been like, "Damn, why is uh, you know, what happened to Demko? What's what's yep, what, is he exactly. hurt? Is that the reason why you're seeing three of five on the road for Martin? And listen, maybe Demko's not at a hundred percent. Maybe that's why you're getting Martin tonight. But if you look at just the play this season, yeah, it's you know. It's not that uh, it doesn't take a Kevin Woodley to tell you that Spencer Martin's been the better goalie, right? Like he's at least he's got a, a save percentage above 900. You're going up against a, a Buffalo team here that was dominant against the Vancouver Canucks in their home opener, and they they beat the wheels off of them. So you want to kind of mm-hmm. go with the goalie that's giving you the best chance to win right now. And yeah, I, I think there is. I don't know if it's a huge goalie controversy about what it is in the future, but at least in the today, you know, the here and now. A controversy for who gets the start the night of? I think there's a controversy there because Spencer Martin's been the better goalie. Yeah. Right? Like, sure. he's been the better goalie. And maybe you do need some time off here for Demko. And maybe Spencer Martin gets a little bit of a run here before... But it's not a... Excuse me. Sorry for Go cutting ahead. you off. It's not a controversy in the sense of... We got to get Demko out of here. Like, they need to trade Demko. Spencer Martin's the new goalie of the future. That's what mm. I mean when I say it's not a controversy. I don't think that's your Demko is sitting there saying... I can't believe they're playing Spencer Martin. I blew Spencer it. I Martin. blew it, right? Like, he's not thinking that. Yeah, he's not thinking, like, I can't believe they're doing this to me. I can't believe they're starting Spencer Martin over me. I think Thatcher Demko would admit that, hey, you know what? I, I got to get better. I have to do better. And, like, he said as much, right? And, again, we haven't got his reaction to um, Martin starting over him because I think this is the first real example of a game where, traditionally, you would think that Thatcher Demko would get this game. Again, when we broke down the schedule at the start of the year and talked about how many starts Spencer Martin would get, Neither of us had this game circled, right? Like, neither of us thought he would be starting this game. But here we are. Spencer Martin gets the start for the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Uh, is what we're assuming. It was tweeted by uh, Buffalo Sabres correspondent. Oh, my gosh, I'm forgetting her name. I feel horrible about it. Um, I'm going to look it up while you do that because we got to give proper credit. Okay. But um, before I before I do that, what I wanted to mention is just that, yeah, it's it's not great that we're seeing this this early into the season, of course. But it's not a controversy in the sense of, I don't think anybody's saying, okay, well, Spencer Martin's the new goalie of the future, and you can trade Thatcher Demko, and now it's time to do that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to say both there. I just think he's, he's played better, and I think on this road trip where, yeah, it is kind of wild to me that this isn't being, like, blown up in the market, but it's almost because I think a lot of people have accepted it, right? They've accepted the thought that, hey, Spencer Martin's been better this season. It's and, not surprising to see it happen. And again, 
it, it goes back to the apathy thing, right? Like we're, we're hearing it a lot and we're seeing it a lot, right? And again, like everybody's in wait and see mode. And that's not just from Elliot Friedman coming out and doing a hit where he said it's inevitable that Boudreaux gets let go. It's not from Rick Dollywall saying basically the same thing, that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when mm-hmm. Bruce Boudreaux gets fired. And it's not the media creating this. What's creating this sense of wait and see, let's see what you're going to do next, is Jim Rutherford coming out and ripping on his coach yeah. on the radio. Like That's what started well, all I, of this. I right? heard Mike McKenna talking about it today on the DFO show. I don't even know the name of DFO Live, I think it's called. Yes. Um, and he mentioned, like, the quote that McKenna said about it was like, hey, it, they asked him if he would rather be a coach in Ottawa or Vancouver. And we already know producer Alex's answer. He's going to Ottawa for sure. He wants to get those boys <laughs> back on track. But what McKenna said was like, it, it probably, he would probably pick Ottawa because at least the president isn't going to be a guy who runs you over with the bus, then backs up the bus on you, then drives over you yeah, again exactly. with the bus. Like, that's what Mike McKenna said about. What this like? What it must be like to be the coach in this group? And that's, I mean, what else can you say? Like Rutherford has come out and and been very clear about his thoughts about the structure of this team and what needs to change with this team. It's just, I think a lot of people from the outside looking in, the people that have watched this team for years, are thinking, I don't, I don't know if that's really the big problem. And I think that's what a lot of the Canucks fans. It's wild to see, you know, for years and years there was like a battle of should the Canucks start to actually be a rebuilding team or, oh, they have enough here to at least make a push. And that, that battle was, man, it was a wild battle on Twitter for a lot for a lot of years mm-hmm. there. And it just feels like one side is just conceded. Like, everybody's in agreement now of this team needs to do something with the core. This team needs to do something with the players. It's not the coach. It's not Travis Green. You, you don't have, you know, another strike to go off. Like, you've struck out three times, it feel like, and you're out. Like, you've got to do something different with this core and the actual players of this team because that's the last thing that you can fall on right now. It's it's not Benning anymore. You know, it's not Travis Green anymore. And soon it's not going to be Bruce Boudreaux anymore because they're going to get rid of him pretty soon, I have to assume. So it's it's time to do something with the players. Um, interesting even hearing Craig Button today on Donnie and Dolly just say, like, oh, Bo, like, Bo Horvat's not going to be around. Like, it's, yeah, that's... I think that's where we're at. Like it's going to take some actual movement for the players and we'll talk about some players a little bit later and maybe what they fetch in a trade, but it's almost weird to talk about because I think a lot of people that have wanted it for so long. Now it's like here, right? Like now is the time where they're being pushed into this corner to do it when it would have been really nice to just get ahead, right? Like when you're pushed into a corner, it's a lot more difficult to make a move when you get ahead of things. It's a lot easier to make a move because there are other teams looking at you. And do you remember like after the bubble, like a lot of even like around the NHL, whether it be like insiders or people that were just, you know, talking heads on television were like, well, this is an exciting up and coming Canucks team. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that doesn't just wear off one season. in. they're probably still thinking about that with the Canucks. And I think a lot of team people around the league still look and they're like, yeah, there's, there's some exciting players there, but which is true. Yeah. But now it feels like they've backed themselves into this corner where they're going to have to make a move. And instead of like being, forced to make a move and being in the situation where you have to do something. It's nice to do something when other teams have to make a move, when other teams have to add, when, when you another, have cap space yeah, to take advantage of those teams, when another team would, you know, adding Bo Horvat would be a huge boost to them instead of the Canucks needing to get rid of them. Like that's the way that you want to make trades. You want to do it with other teams needs, not your team's need, which is to, you know, start to make some real big changes to this core. That's what the Canucks need to do. And when you're in a spot where you're making a trade where you need to do something, that's just not not where you want to be. And that's where the Canucks are at right now. So, yeah, it's, it, I mean, players like Horvat, they're going to have interest. They're going to get you a good return. But everyone's going to look and be like, hmm, you know, like Andre Kuzmenko, the Canucks aren't going to be able to keep this guy. Look at what's happened with him in his first year already. Maybe he's a good deadline ad for someone. Or Luke Shen's a nice deadline ad for someone. Kyle Burrows or a lot of these players, right? Like it, it's going to really take some, some big movement here and it's, it's not really on the the coach or, or anyone right now. It's, it feels like it's the players and the players get dealt with by the general manager. And that's where things need to start moving here. I, I don't know where to start. Like, I don't know where to go from there. Cause you said it feels like everything that needs to be said. And the fact that we're here where Again, like I keep going back to the Spencer Martin thing. Like I, I keep thinking about Spencer Martin and how, you know, we're looking at Spencer Martin getting a start over Thatcher Demko in a game we all thought Thatcher Demko would start. And again, I'm not, again, I'm not saying there's a goalie controversy, but 
there needs to be big changes with this team and it doesn't feel like those are coming. Like it, it doesn't feel like those are coming right now. And again, hang I'll on. Think a of sec. the backlash you had with with your video that we posted the other day, week of yeah. moving Demko. Yeah, we we talked about moving he, different players. Like people are like, don't you want to win? Here's games? the thing with Demko too. He's not 23. Demko turns 27 next month. Like, I like goalies aren't. You know, goalies can can have a little bit of an extended career if they stay healthy. But like Demko turns 37 next month. He's not the young youthful player on this core anymore. He's 27, man. Like that's, I don't know. He's, he's an interesting one to look at over the next few months here. I think you have to ask yourself, first of all, uh, JT Miller and Oliver Ekman Larson's contracts are both longer than mm-hmm. Thatcher Demko. So they're here longer than him, unless you do something quick and get rid of one of those guys or both of those guys. He, so they're here longer. Okay. So that's your bigger problem. But yeah. with Demko, you kind of look at it and say, okay, when we're looking to be competitive, right? Is Thatcher Demko going to be this team's goalie? You have to figure out when you're going to be competitive. I think that's what this team keeps missing, is they think they're going to be competitive enough every year, and it hasn't been good enough. This is who they are. It's not good enough. And again, I'm not coming out here to say the same thing that us and every other show and every other media member in this city has been saying for the past two weeks. What I'm trying to say is that this isn't good enough in its current form, Mm. and you need to look at it when you're evaluating Thatcher Demko and if you want to move Thatcher Demko. And again... Canucks have gotten calls on a lot of young players. Thatcher Demko's no different. Um, moving him when there's teams giving you low ball offers, which is what we assume that the Canucks are getting a lot of right now, it's not the move. The move is to let him rebuild his confidence, You know, show that he can steal you a couple games, and then you see what the interest level is like. You're the ones calling teams, not teams calling you saying, hey, you know what would be great is if you give us that Demko guy for a second round pick. We'll take him off your hands. Because clearly he's not the same goalie that you thought he was or that he was when uh, you signed him long-term, right? Yep. And again, he's still got years left on his contract. It's a good contract when you consider how well he played last year. I don't personally, I have no fear that Demko is not going to bounce back. I think Demko is going to bounce back and be a great goalie for a really long time. I almost look at this as a similar thing that Elias Pettersson went through last year where he had that really slow start and kind of just... Had to figure it out for himself, and I think Demko's there too. You know, not to discount the horrid defense that the Canucks are playing in front of him. Oh, okay, not trying to discredit that at all. Say this is all on Demko. I stand by that. That it's not all on Demko. But my point is, is that the Canucks need to figure out as an organization where they are. They need to communicate that to the players. They need to communicate that to the fans. They deserve to know. You need to have a plan. You need to execute on it. And if part of that plan is, hey, you know what? We're going to punt on this season. We think we're going to be competitive in two to three years. And all of our moves are going to direct us towards that. Exactly. You you need to have a plan that you stick with. It can't be, okay, we made this move. Now let's try and see if everybody can figure out why we did it and what, what our thought process is here. Because right now, all the talk of a coaching change, it's not enough. No. Like if this organization comes out and says, hey, you know what? We've let go of Bruce Boudreaux, but hey, look, we hired Barry Trotz or we hired Rick Tockett. We think we can turn this around. You're going to reach a whole new level of apathy. Even if this team starts winning games again this year, you've hurt this fan base once. They're not going to believe you again. If you go on some run, come up just short of the playoffs, and then we repeat this again next year, there's no chance. There's no chance that can happen. It it just, it can't happen. If it does, you know, the pitchfork should be out. And I think that's the interesting thing too. Is like you need to do the search for this coach in the off season for your next coach. And listen, Boudreaux might even like you know maybe he's here for longer than we think because we think he's gone after tonight. Yep. Right. I think that they didn't want to do this over Hall of Fame weekend. Um, but quickly before we get to Bruce Boudreaux, which you think I'd be able to say by now, um, I want to wrap up the the road trip here. Just some some stats that I wanted to just bring up here. Can you pull this up, Alex? Here the uh, stats from the road trip. Um, some interesting ones that stuck out. Uh, these are all five on five stats. JT Miller, Brock Besser, and Ely Mikheyev all on the ice for five goals against uh, through the four games of this road trip. Also, a very low on ice save percentage. So it's not like you can really think that like this is a hundred percent on them. They they weren't getting good goaltending, but at the same time, when you're on the ice and you're giving up quality scoring chances, like we see with this te- with these three players specifically at forward, you know you can't put all of that on the goaltending as well. So I think. You know, eight fifty-seven goaltending isn't even like the worst thing to think about with this team when you think about how many high-quality chances they give up against. Um, I wanted to bring up the expected goals for throughout the trip. 
Only four players on this team have a positive expected goals for. That's Elias Pettersson, Niels Huglander, Sheldon Dries, and Kyle Burrows. Everyone else is expected to be getting scored on more when they're on the ice. And some very interesting notes of that are JT Miller and Brock Bass are both in the 30 percentile, 30 percentage area when it comes to expected goals again. So they are expecting to be scored on a ton uh, on this road trip. Finally, like, Look, just looking at some of these basic analytics, Niels Uglander's actually played pretty damn good throughout this these this four game stretch here. He's only been in the in the lineup for three of those games, but a fifty five percent Corsi, a sixty six percent control of expected goals, all of that with only an eight point three uh, three on a shooting percentage. So it's not like they're scoring a ton of goals, and you know he's getting good goaltending when he's on the ice. So his numbers don't look horrible, but he's been. You know, by a lot of these basic analytics, the best player for the Canucks over the last yeah. little bit here. Elias Pettersson also looking good through the four games here, uh, just holding this team above water at this point, right? Like, that's that's the thing. It's it's not great. I, and I feel for Niels Huglander because if a new coach comes in, you mentioned it. The thought process should be being good one to two, two to three years down the road. Then you shouldn't, then like you should have a plan for Niels Huglander at that point. That's the thing. Like is, you should be looking what Niels Huglander looks like at 20, 23, 24, instead of what he looks like right now. And like, ah, you know, it's hard to like keep him with somebody or let him develop chemistry or even like give him the carrot every once in a while. Let him play on the power play. Like with these guys, like the way that he's being used in the NHL, Niels Huglander, since Bruce Boudreaux came in here, I, I, I wonder, and I, and I don't actually even wonder about this much. I, I think his development of him, like it's not over, right? Niels Huglander still developing as an NHL player. I think the development would have been better for him over this past year if he was in the AHL. Like, I think it would have. I think he'd be coming out of a, like, if you're talking about this two to three year thing down the road, I think him playing in the AHL the last year would have been better for him. That's fair. You're not going to get any pushback on that for me. Because then he could play his game. Like, do you remember his rookie seat? He tried the lacrosse goal twice, right? That's his game. Being like a really skilled player. Because, like, Niels Huglander is extremely skilled. Does Niels Huglander get benched if he tries that now? Maybe. But, like, he's... (laughs) That part has been, to me, that's been taken completely out of his game. Like, that was an exciting piece of, of his, like, his strengths was, like, how creative offensively he was. And not just, like, the lacrosse goals, but, like, doing really exciting plays in the slot that you don't see players attempt even, right? And he would try these things and pull them off, uh, like, on occasion. But at least just trying them is kind of cool because it's like, hey, that works. Or this didn't work. Like, he, if he was in the HL, he could be doing all these things. He could be, you know, trying to work on just things that are going to help you down the road two to three years instead of being put into the spot where he has a bad shift and then he's not in the next game. Like, it's it's a little wild to me, the situation with him. And I think Pod Colson's a little bit different because he's such a back-and-forth, you know, good driving uh, of a good driver of play, high course number, always with Pod Colson when he was in the KHL. Like, he's just that type of back-and-forth player. With Hugliner, there's certain things that he needs to kind of tweak and see what works here in North America. And, and I just think that, man, I... I would not hate to see him in the AHL getting an opportunity to to work on his sure. actual strengths. Okay, uh, let's get to the Bruce Boudreaux talk. Um, I've got a few thoughts on this. Yeah. For Bruce Boudreaux, we, we've talked about how Bruce probably deserved better than this. Harmon came on the show last week, talked about you know how great of a coach Bruce is and how you know there's probably not a coach out there who can get more of this team, right? And again, all this talk about structure and everything. We've brought it up before. We saw what this team looked like playing with structure under Travis Green last year, and it wasn't good. It got Travis Green fired. It got Jim Benning let go because the roster wasn't good enough to play any other style, or so we thought. Bruce Boudreaux comes in, takes your roster that, by your own admission, talking about Jim Rutherford here, is not good enough and needs major repairs, especially on the back end. He comes in, turns that around completely, Puts this whole running gun style, knows he can rely on Thatcher Demko, and it worked. Like, it worked out for him, right? I think last year was really just short of the playoffs. Probably one of the best-case scenarios that the Canucks could have hoped for when they cleaned house and brought in Bruce Boudreaux, right? Again, I understand Jim Rutherford didn't hire Bruce. I understand that, you know, there's that, that plays a factor in it. I completely get that. But I keep coming back to this part where I say, you know what? Like, Bruce has 600-plus wins in the NHL. 
You're not going to find a coach better than him for this group right now in their current form. You have problems with your team. It's not Bruce that's the problem. And I know I'm repeating what everybody else is saying. But I think it is so disrespectful the way that Bruce is being treated in his final days here. His final weeks, whatever, however long he stays. Just the way Bruce Boudreaux is being trotted out in front of the media. And I understand that's a requirement by the NHL. Bruce has to speak to media. I'm not criticizing the organization for putting him out there. But you look at Bruce's body language in these media availabilities and the way he's talking, like this was one of the most fun and happy-go-lucky guys we'd ever met in this industry, in this game. Everybody in the media loved this guy when he first got here. And now the poor guy's out of answers. Like he doesn't know what to say because like I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. It's just that Bruce deserves better than this in every every. Every way you can imagine it, Bruce deserves better than this. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. I think he is going to – I don't think this is the end of the road. I think he's going to get an opportunity with a team after this. I think it, some team's going to look for that Bruce bump. Actually, I think we got a photo of it. Alex, you can pull this up. Bruce Boudreaux live in the locker room when Rutherford comes in today. Or is that uh, Ronaldo? I don't know if you saw this video. I, I didn't. You I don't I've get been, the reference here. No, I've been. He, seeing oh, Bruce! A lot is, of, I tell uh, you, when when he does get let go, I bet he's going to be in a pretty good mood. I think that. Uh, I'm I'm curious. You don't get if, this reference, eh? I no, hope somebody I gets it. Yeah, all the podcast listeners will get it. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see if on his way out, just because, hey, Rutherford, while Boudreau was an employee of this organization, said what he said about Bruce Boudreau. I'm really curious to see if Bruce goes on a little media tour of his own once Ooh. he's let go. Uh, similar to a lot of the players that have been let go uh, by this organization. like Just the list of players, and this is another thing that got brought up, just the list of players who have left this organization and either talked bad about them or just said, like, I don't really want to talk about what happened there. The list is just so long. Like, Jordy Ben scores the game winner in tr- with Toronto, and he's like, yeah, I grew up a Canucks fan, but it felt really good to stick it to that team. Mm. <laughs> like... And again, I know you you know that's probably uh, reading into it a little too much with uh, Jordy Ben, but you you've seen few players over the past five, however many years that have left the organization and said, you know what, that was a really great organization. I got treated really well. That was really awesome. You used to see that. You still see it with the Sedins. You still see it with Bexa, like how they talk about how the organization treated them during their time. You don't really see that much anymore. I, is Bo Horvat going to come out and say that? Oh, I don't Mr. Think so. Vancouver, Mr. Canuck himself, the guy who's put his heart in, like, just been a perfect representation for this organization. You know, like, saying all the right things in the media. He's been a good soldier for this team for however many years, right? Is, is Bo Horvat going to have great things to say about Vancouver? Like, I think, I think Bo Horvat might say nice things because he's Bo Horvat and he's a very nice gentleman and he appreciated his time in Vancouver. I think Bo Horvat's going to be leaving with a sour taste in his mouth. If he gets traded by the organization that drafted him again, couldn't do anything for him either. I mean, couldn't do anything. Couldn't get him any line mates for all of his years here. Like many years, the conversation we're we're literally going to live in a world where every single year we said, Bo Horvat finally has his winger. This team needs to find a winger for Bo Horvat. They're playing him like a defensive center. He's not a defensive center. You need to get someone else for him. We're going to go through Bo Horvat's entire Canucks career without him ever finding stable line mates. Yeah. You know what I? You know what Bruce Boudreaux said that book I'm never going to write. I really hope he does write that book because yeah. this, this would be a very interesting chapter too. But you you said something there that made me think and think about how many players have been good soldiers for this team. Right, like Bo Horvat's a great example of it. Right, I think Ryan Miller even was like a good soldier for this team. A lot of these players that have been put in that situation. To me, it's time for the owner to be a good soldier for Canucks fans, right? Because I don't think he's been a good soldier for Canucks fans over the last little bit. I think it's time for Francesco Aquilini to be a good soldier and know that this team needs to be rebuilt and knows that hard times have to happen here. And hey, and you, it, know, it, you know what? Setting up for hard times is a lot better than having hard times thrown on you, I think. And that's what the Canucks fans have had to deal with so far. It's like they haven't been set up to be like, okay, we'll deal with the pain and we'll get through it. Instead, it's like, no, the, you're just getting hard times given to you when you get like high expectations. And that's the way I look at this. It's like, it's so blatantly obvious that this, this core isn't it. And yeah, I just, I think the owner needs to understand that this team needs a new direction. And I I'm, think that the way that we've heard Rutherford talk about, it, I think that he's on board. Like, I, I don't know what, 
where the the miscommunication is between this organization that they aren't going to go that direction because it's like we've heard enough quotes from Alvin and Rutherford about that that needs to be done. And this season showed you more than anything to push you in that direction. I'm just curious when that's actually going to happen. And I think that's the thing that everybody keeps pointing it out, right? They're like, hey, well, Montreal's rebuilding, and they were way more fun to watch than the Canucks. Yeah. Are. So what's the Canucks' excuse? Why aren't they rebuilding? Why are they a super slow team? Something Rutherford's pointed out himself. Why is that still the case? Why aren't we rebuilding? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we doing what these teams who are designed to be bad are doing and they're still somehow better than us. Like, that's what fans are asking That right thing now. about design to be bad, I, I look at it more as like, this team is designed to be better down the road. The yes. Canucks right now aren't designed to be better down the road. Yes. They're, des- they're designed to be good now. And they're horrible now. They're, exactly. So yeah. move into that spot where these other teams are, because I keep I hear that all the time. They're designed to be bad. They're supposed to be bad. No, they're designed to be better down the road. That's the way these teams are looking right now, and that's where the Vancouver Canucks should be. The Canucks should be designed to be better down the road. Instead, they're designed to be good and are playing bad. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And, and it's painful to watch. It as is. a fan, as so, media, it, it's painful to watch. And you again, got media members going to Niagara Falls. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing also. And again, I, I don't know how many times I've said this, but a little variation on what I keep saying. I'm tired of hearing that this market can't stand a rebuild because if you come out, like if you're Francesco Aquilini, you talked about it, right? It's not even you have to embrace a rebuild. Do this. Do this. Do this. Just communicate. Like I know you've hired a president so that your president can be the one to communicate the plan. Have your president communicate the plan. We know who has to okay the plan, right? Have a plan that's communicated to your president, and nobody wants to hear this plan of, yeah, well, you know, we're just going to keep building. We're not going to rebuild. We're going to build. We like to use the term build, and we're always building and trying to get better. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. If you come out and give an actual plan that fans can get on board with, and again, Fans can get on board with saying, hey, you know what? This core hasn't done it. Failure isn't good enough in this market anymore. We're changing the tides. We're going to be a better team. We're going to get back to that stage that we were at when we were, you know, a perennial organization and had teams coming from all over the world from varying sports. The NBA coming up, different teams trying to figure out what we're doing with our sleep doctors, all that. I'm not even going to get into that. But show some commitment to get this team back to being a world-class organization because right now it's the laughing stock of the league. Yeah, and you're not wrong. Uh, you're not, like, it is. It, it, look at the way that, how long have we, like, asked, like, hey, it'd be nice if the national media talked more about Vancouver. They're talking about Vancouver now. Yeah. Everybody is, right? Whether it be, like, our daily face-off show or, or the, you know, the, the wrap-up shows every night on Sportsnet and TSN and those guys. Like, the national media is talking about it, and exactly it's exactly what you're saying. They are talking about this team like it's the joke of the NHL. And, and it that is. sucks. It is. And Got it a sucks. great another comment that make you know kind of ties into what we've been saying here. It's easier to jump into the deep end of the pool than to slip and fall into it. And that's you know the Canucks aren't even in the the Canucks slipped and fell into the shallow end of the pool. Like it's not <laughs> even like they've gone into the deep end of actually being bad. They might actually over the next little bit here. 
but not even like they're they're going to have to jump into the deep end of the pool now because they have to they they it's you're either going to slip and fall and miss the pool like that's the way the Canucks are playing like yeah the the future is not looking uh very good but uh, it can like it can be good and it's about like what you said earlier with these teams that are designed to win down the road instead of teams designed to lose the Canucks can't do that I don't think they can do that but they can be a team that's designed to win down the road a little bit with the right mm-hmm. moves and making a commitment to it Yep, make some forward-thinking moves. That's all anybody wants to see right now. Like, like make some moves that just show you're recognizing that, hey, we have to have an eye on the future. And speaking of which, let's get to the prospect report. Oh, yeah, it would be nice. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's not a prospect report. I actually just want to talk about Jonathan LeCaramacki because, like, it for years and years now, I've been uh, – and this – yeah, this is what I'm going to say. i got to preface this by saying this is what I – my tweet up here on the screen right now is what I said – when the Canucks were on the clock at 15 at the time. And I looking now it's, it's not changed completely. I, I do think that the Karamaki was a solid choice at 15th overall. It's just unfortunate to see a lot of these players drafted after him. And like, I, I watched all the highlights of the Karamaki. I watched a lot of them play throughout the games and I didn't really notice as much of him being a passenger so much as, as I've seen, this season, right? Like this season, like when he was playing at the U18s, he was excellent. Even like his play last year in the SHL, it's like, wow, as a 17-year-old, he was doing these things at the SHL level. That was very impressive. Something about him this season, the Alsvenskin, is is not good. It is pretty sour about what you're seeing with the Karamaki. And listen, I like you can see my tweet. I said, sprint to the stage and draft Jonathan the Karamaki. That's what I thought when he was still available at 15, because I thought he was a pick that was going to be gone in the top 12. Because his shot was elite and it looked really good in the SHL. But now you're seeing players that were drafted after him. Like, whether it be Joachim Kamel, who, who's got seven goals, I believe, through 20 Liga games this season. Or Owen Pickering, who went 21st overall to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, Pickering's a six foot five defenseman. He's a point-per-game guy in Moose Jaw right now. He's the captain of that team. Likely won't be on the World Junior team this year, but I bet he's going to be a horse for Canada uh, in the year after that of the world juniors, like Pickering's looking great. Um, and he was 21st overall. He's a defenseman would have helped a lot, but even like his teammates, like Noah Oslin, who's the center. He's got four points in his last three Alsvenskin games. Liam Ogren, who's got four goals in the 16 Alsvenskin games. These guys are playing on a line with the Karamaki and driving the play. Like out of these three players who play for Jur gardens, one went 15th, one went 16th and the other one went 19th. LeCaramacchi clearly looks like the worst of the three so far this season. And I I don't know how much of an excuse, like I don't know what mono does to a person. And I know that he had this month, you know, I think in March, I think was when he had it. I don't know how, what the lasting effects are. And people will tell me that it, you know, some people have told me that it's really bad and it can last like six to seven months or whatever. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I, I just haven't heard of that actually affecting a lot of people as much in my lifetime because mono is a thing that, like has happened to a lot of hockey players. I feel like maybe that was like 10 years ago when mono was going around, but like it's, it's been tough to watch the Karamaki have these really nice highlight plays and then follow that up by coming in and just being completely invisible for a lot of other games. And uh, I've reached out to Jurgarden's general manager, hopefully be able to talk with him over the next couple days here and see like if there's something going on that we don't know about, but it, it is worrisome to see how his engagement level is in this in these games. And you tweeted out the stack because you're a big prospects guy, Quads. Right. Jonathan Myrenberg has more goals than Jonathan LeCaramacchi. Jonathan Myrenberg, the right shot defenseman who was traded away from the Canucks organization, he has more goals than Al Svenskin this year in the same amount of games as LeCaramacchi, who LeCaramacchi, by the way, is like still, aside from like a few games this year, is used on like the left half wall power play. And just wiring shots that are a lot of the time missing the net, sometimes hitting the net, but a lot of the time missing the net. And he's given these opportunities. Myronberg, he's not playing on the power play. He's scoring at five on five. He's got more goals than the Karamaki. That's that's wild to me. So I, I do think there's there's reason to worry about this pick. And listen, I'm happy to say that like he's 18 years old, right? There's still a lot of room to grow. I'm not going to say that I was like, you know, my tweet about sprinting to the stage and drafting this guy. I still feel like that was the right pick at the time. I, I do still feel like it was the right pick because I think this guy is ultra talented when he's going. There just needs to be some part of like real development. And the Canucks added these bodies in their in their organization to help with development. So 
they need to do that now. Like this is where these new guys that you brought into the organization need to step up and actually start to teach this kid how to develop. And that's what you need to start doing with LeCaramacchi because he needs development. There's clearly a lot of potential there. There's clearly a lot of skill there. Like as much as you like the things from Daniel Klimovich, you really like LeCaramacchi's ability to handle the puck, shoot the puck, do these things. He's got a super high ceiling for those type of things, but it's going to take him really upgrading the rest of his game to actually be an NHLer. And it's still so early. I know he was just recently drafted like just a few months ago, not even a handful of months at this point. It's just ever since that day where he was drafted, he's not shown well. Like I, I talked, I told you this, like if we seriously go into like the world juniors here and like Elias Patterson shows extremely well and the Karamaki has another tournament where he's just invisible. You can start to make the argument that like Patterson, you know, could be pushing for like the number one prospect in the system. Cause right now I've, I've thought that Elias Patterson has jumped uh, Klimovich. Like right now, my top two prospects in the Canucks system are still Jonathan Karamaki number one. But Elias Pettersson's probably number two, the defenseman. Like, I think that he is, like, I really think Pettersson's been the guy who's been the most impressive in this most recent draft. And I was really hoping he was going to be LeCarrie Mackey going to, you know, from a season where he played in the SHL and was good, now to the second division. Like, I was expecting him to be scoring a lot of goals and be a, a leading force in getting his team back into the top Swedish league. It just, it just hasn't happened. And a lot of people here in the chat say Mono's brutal, takes a few months to recover for sure. Brandon says I was out for two months for mono. So yeah, maybe, maybe this is a little bit of a, you know, this could be a big reason why. Sure. He had it in March. So it's, it's been what? Eight months now. I don't know. I I, I, like, I don't know. I don't know if if mono lasts eight months. I could, I could be completely wrong. Maybe it does, but um, it has been unfortunate to not see him excel. Like a lot of us were hoping that he would after he was drafted 15th overall, that's a high pick, right? You, You need to get some value from that. And he's still so young, right? He's still 18. But like I said, development is so crucial for this kid because he needs a lot of it. He needs a lot of development. He needs to figure out how to play, like how to be effective at five on five and play. Because I like his shot. I do like his shot. I think he probably needs to work on that a little bit more. And when he gets a little bit stronger, he'll probably be even better with it. It's very impressive to see like how much he weighs and what kind of release he has on a shot. It's very impressive. His, his high-end skills are, are very impressive. It just, nothing's really tying all together right now. And, He's still 18, so there's still time for him to develop. I just think the Canucks need to really focus on actually developing this guy. Instead of like, this isn't Elias Pettersson or Quinn Hughes where they already are just like built to be a star, right? You need to put some work in on this kid to to make him into a star, and he has some potential to look like that. So development is key. They got to do that. Yep. And again, like I talked about, it. I brought up Myronberg, and obviously like you, you told me this. I knew it was coming too when I tweeted it that there would be dumb at. Um, you can say it. Can I say dumbasses on the show? Sure. Uh, there would be people in my replies, um, you know, being like, "Oh, this is so negative," or "Oh, well, this guy has more points than this guy." And in fact, someone responded and said, "Brock Nelson has more points than Austin Matthews, so he must be better." It's not the point. The point is that if your idea for trading away a prospect is that, well, you know, he's years away and Jack Sudnika's right there and Jack Sudnika's oh. a little bit older. If that's your process, especially in this stage of your organization, like where you're at as an organization, that's incredibly flawed. Like that's just the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing to do. If you said, hey, you know what? We don't really think Myronberg's game's going to translate to the NHL level or something like that. That's fine. If your justification is, well, he's years away. We don't need him. Why are the Boston Bruins who are in first place in the NHL Grabbing Jonathan Myronberg. Why are they the team that's like, hey, you know what? Uh, let's let's add this guy to our prospect pool. Like, why is Boston doing that? If if they're not concerned about him being years away, and that's the point I was trying to make with the tweet. It's not it's not to say, oh, Lakaramaki people should be worried about it. Lakaramaki they should have traded him instead of Myronberg. That's not the point of the tweet. The point of the tweet is, hey, Myronberg's actually doing okay. He's doing pretty well in the same league that the he's Canucks, also nineteen. Nineteen years old. That he's not Canucks, like twenty two. You know. He's 19 years old. Same league that the Canucks' top prospect is playing. And it's in. like what I said, Lekaramaki's on the left half wall, getting power play shots after shots after shots. These situations aren't being given to Meyerberg. And again, like... I, I, but I'm I don't want to go over it. Yeah, I, again, I don't want to get into it too much. I'm just saying, like, the, the point is just to point out that the process of the team was incredibly flawed in mm-hmm. that uh, in that trade. Just to say that, oh, well, he's years away. It just, it's, it's hey, insane. Pro- positive prospect news. I got some, okay? Sure. 
Uh, Philip Johansson. It's the only thing that's like, I swear, he's the only positive guy we've been talking about with this prospect pool, especially since this show has started. Uh, Philip Johansson, he had an assist today uh, in Champions League, he, which is, we've talked about it in the show in the past. He, he plays really well in Champions League. So um, I guess, you know, I, I even pull it up. I got the highlight here. Well, you can blow me up here, Alex. Um, let's get the, uh, so this is the Philip Johansson assist. He starts to play, gets it on the right side, makes a nice cross-ice pass, sends in a guy in his own entry, makes it there, and gets a secondary assist on it. So nice little play. He's been really good in, in Champions Hockey, which has uh, been nice because they have English play-by-play. Uh, which I appreciate because today I was watching a Alsvenskan game. They had Russian play-by-play. I don't know what's going on. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't a great performance from the Karamaki again. Let's get to our Betway bet and uh, wrap it up here. Feeling good about this one, actually. I told you before we got going here um, that I feel really good about uh, my Betway bets of the day. My boys, Lewis Patterson, Razmel Dallin. I got the rookie cards right here. Showed them off earlier on the show. Got my rookie cards. I'm feeling good about it. These are my boys. Uh, each to get a power play point tonight. Uh, and Rasmus Dallin's been excellent. Four goals, four assists on the power play so far this season. He's putting up a lot of power play points. Um, you're also seeing uh, Pedersen, who hasn't had a power play point in the last five games. He's got six on the year. So I'd, I'd keep an eye on this one today. Plus 375. I'm feeling good about getting one from each. I mean, the Canucks power play sucks. It's worse in the league. Uh, Buffalo... I just I just feel like you're going to get a, maybe get a power play goal from Pedersen this one at plus three seventy five I like it uh, so I I put down on both of these ones here and then the Sabers to win uh, outright and then over six point five total goals in this one and this is going to be the tough part of this one is I think getting two points from Brock Besser but he's got eight points in ten games on the season I didn't mention this uh, before but on the road trip like at five one five I think Brock Besser's been okay as well he's got fourteen shots on net it, it, at five one five through the four games of this road trip so I'm thinking that. Soon he's going to break through here. He's got to get one of those shots off uh, and finally get a point or a goal or something here. So uh, that's that's the Betway wrap up here. And uh, yeah, we'll return tomorrow. I feel like I'm going to, I feel like one of these two is going to hit. So I'm feeling good about today's Betway bet. Betway, 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 Betway. Uh, play responsible, 19 plus to play. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. Fun show today. Fun show today, my friend. Uh, it's going to be nice to have a hockey game, you know. Is it? I'm not so sure. Uh, For my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is Dave Guadrelli, our technical producer, Alex Allard. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Nine tails. Nine tails. Look at the hollow. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.